What the fuck is juice? I almost, I was gonna say I almost swallowed it, but obviously, <laughs> like that's the point. I was gonna say, Holy shit, I almost swallowed my drink. <laughs> He's talking, and I'm not, and I'm just. <sighs> and then I'm talking. <laughs> no, but wait, wait, I have something for him. Boom, you get shot down. Now you just fucking me, aren't you? <laughs> I'm just wondering why all these people like kids. The Weird History and Eerie Tales Podcast. Concentrate on the news. That's what we do. Wow. <laughs> FYI, there's nothing wrong with All right. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Weird History Eerie Tales Podcast. I am your host, Moses Sori, and with me to my left is my brother, Josh. I don't know. Is it? <laughs> Who are you, Josh? <laughs> Is my brother Josh? <laughs> Yo, and then sitting in front of me is uh, Hyper Achi today, <laughs> or the horny dog Achi, <laughs> I guess. It's a Nas. This is the first time in a long time I drank Nas. The last time I drank is when it, it actually came in the bottle that looked like the Nas tanks. Dude, Dude that's fucking old. Fuck, I forgot how, where it actually came in a Nas tank. How old is it? I was I in remember. high school still. Yeah, well, that's when the last time I drank it. I'm so kind of upset, bro. You almost forgot my name. All right, so today's episode, if you obviously, because who's going to listen to an episode and not see the fucking title? We're going to be talking about the Illuminati. We're going to talk about, you know, the Bohemian Grove, which is what I'm going to talk about. Yep, My brother's yep. going to talk about the fucking 13 famous or infamous bloodlines. Bloodlines of the Illuminati, yeah. And then I want to talk about the actual real Illuminati, which, is the, which are the Bavarian Illuminati, which is... The real Illuminati, or quote unquote real Illuminati, depending on who you ask. And then I want to talk about the, how the free how Freemasons are involved with the whole Illuminati thing. Because for the longest time, I always I always thought they're one they're, the the, yeah they were one and the same, mm-hmm. but that's not the case. I want to know more about this, and that's yeah. So that's why I wanted to distinguish. I'm gonna that's probably what I'm gonna end the episode with with the Freemasons. But right now, I want to talk about. Like I said, the Bavari- which the real Illuminati, there was actual, there was an actual group called the Illuminati, and they were from the Bavarian city, which is why they were called the Bavarian Illuminati, mm-hmm. and they started on May first, seventeen seventy six. Adam Weishaupt, Weishaupt, he was the founder of the Order of the Illuminati, and the small Bavarian city, that's better known as the setting of Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. That city is known, it's known for the Frankenstein. It's the setting in the. And the Frankenstein, Mary Shelley's, you know, Frankenstein. But that's where the fucking Illuminati started. No wonder it's not familiar. You know, the, the Illuminati, they actually stole their, like, the Illuminati, basically what they were, were just a group of free thinkers, right? Mm-hmm. They just, because at that time, when the, Illuminati, um, when the Illuminati started, it was a lot of, like, the church was the government. You know, like, you couldn't study anything. It was just like the God, church is law and God is church. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So... Adam was like, you know, so at that time there were a bunch of little secret groups, and Illuminati was one in a, it was nothing special about the Illuminati at that time. They actually stole their name. They actually literally outright stole their name, the Illuminati, from a um, from two different groups. The French had their own Illuminati that were called the Illumines, and the Spanish had the they had their own version of Illuminati called their called the Illuminados. So basically, they're like, hmm, Illuminati. We'll just call ourselves the Illuminati. Fuck it. <laughs> they like, American? Yeah. No, they, they weren't American. You know, ideas. Yeah. 
basically, yeah. But, you know, they were a philanthropic group. You know, they were, the whole thing was like, they were bent on educating those deprived of, you know, of, of privilege. They were all about being, because, you know, at the time it was just like, like I, like I just mentioned earlier, church was law, right? So, you okay over there, buddy? For shrinking on us and shit? Yeah, so, you know, the church was law. So, that's basically, if you didn't, if probably if you didn't have money, if you didn't have anything that the church was, you know, like the church basically, let's see, basically was like, what do you need to go to school for? You just need to follow the Bible. And a lot of people were like, that's stupid. Like, we need to learn shit. Like, we need to learn the circumference of the fucking earth. Like, the earth ain't flat, motherfuckers. You know, like, we need to learn this shit. But God said. Yeah, so, you know, so, you know, so. Because Bavaria at that time, it was deeply conservative. And like I said, it was just Catholic as shit. And Weishaupt was not the only one who believed that the monarchy and the church were, were repressing freedom of thought. Convinced that religi- the religious ideas were no longer an adequate belief system to govern modern societies, he decided to find another form of illumination, which is Illuminati. You know, basically a set of ideas. I thought you were throwing fucking... <laughs> you know, so it was just a set of ideas <laughs> and practices... You know, that could be applied to radically change the way European states run. Freemasonry, which I'm going to talk about a little later, it was steadily expanding throughout Europe in this period, offering attractive alternatives to free thinkers. Weishaupt initially thought of joining a lodge, but disillusioned with many of the Freemasons' ideas, he became absorbed in books with dealing with like esoteric themes, as the mysteries of the Seven Sages of Memphis and the Cabal, and decided to, find, to found a new basically secret, secret society on his own. Why Shaft was not, and he said, against religion itself. He's like, I'm not against religion, but rather the way in which it was practiced and imposed. His thinking, he wrote, offered freedom from all religious prejudices, cultivates the social virtues, and animates them by a great, a feasible, and speedy prospect of universal happiness. To achieve this, it was necessary to create a state of bi- a state of liberty and moral equality, freed from the obstacles which subordination, ranks, and riches considerably throw in our way. So on the night of May 1st, 1776, the first Illuminati met to found the order in a forest near, you know, Ingolstadt. Bathed in torchlight, there were originally five men. They were established rules. They established the rules that, that were to govern the order. There... Uh, all future candidates for admission required the members' consent. So no one could join without all five people giving consent. Like, all right, he could join. Like, now you can't bring your brother unless they all, you know, agreed. Mm-hmm. And uh, a strong reputation with well-established familial and social connections and wealth. So basically, you had to be rich. You kind of ha- you couldn't be stupid. Mm-hmm. And even then, every all five of the different guys had to like you. You know, so in the beginning, the order's membership had three levels. Novices, Minervals, and the illuminated Minervals. Minerval, quote-unquote, referred to the Roman goddess of wisdom, Minerva, reflecting the order's aim to spread true knowledge or illumination about how society and the state might be reshaped. So, over the following years, Weishap's secret order grew considerably in size, you know, and diversity, and basically in like six years, they had over 600 members, the Illuminati. They included important people in Bavarian public life, such as the Baron Adolf and the banker Mayor Amschel Rothschild, who provided funding. And um, although at first, you know, the Illuminati, they were limited to Washap students, the membership expanded, expanded 
to include noblemen, politicians, doctors, lawyers, jurists, as well as intellectuals and some leading writers, including John Wolfgang. By the end of 1784, the Illuminati had two to three thousand members in a Dang. span of eight years. And this is a time when there was no phones, no social media, and it was a secret society, so it was just all a word of mouth that you know spread, you know that just spread. Mm-hmm. And um, and, you know, and and the Baron uh, Nig he played a very considerable role in the society's organi- organization and expansion. So. One of the biggest ways the free uh, the Illuminati were able to gather so many members, they themselves infiltrated other secret societies, lodges, for example, the Freemasons. Mm-hmm. And this is where the Freemasons and the Illuminati thing kind of get intertwined with each other. You know, like we said earlier in the episode, we all kind of assumed Freemasons and Illuminati, uh-huh. same thing. Uh-huh. Not really. Or Freemasons, masonry is, it's just a boys club. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Just a bunch of dudes like to hanging out with each other. Talking shit. Yeah, just you know, just talking shit, just talking shit with each other. But there were at that time it was all the rich people, doctors, lawyers, you know, they were all hanging out, congregating mm-hmm. to each other. So the best way to get those kind of people was for the Illuminati themselves to join these lodges and be like, Hey, we got one too. Look, is better though. That's basically what happened. They were like, Look, we kinda like they'll go up to people and be like, Look, the cool like let's admit the cool thing about this whole Freemason thing. It's kind of a secret. What if I told you that was an even more secreter one? And then people are like, oh, shit, for real? It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're called the Illuminati. For real? <laughs> yeah. Can I join your club? That's basically what it is. That's basically what it was. You know what I mean? They're like, oh, never mind. You sound stupid, bro. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so, so Barrett, you know, so like, that's basically how they expanded. And Baron von Nick, who he was a huge part of why it got expanded, why it expanded so much, and why it kind of ultimately failed. So, as a former Freemason, he was in favor of adopting rights similar to theirs. Mm-hmm. He was a Freemason. He's like, you know what? I'm gonna join the Illuminati. And he joined the Illuminati. He's like, look, it's cool and all, but over here at the no Freemasons, we got some dope shit too. How about we just chalk a bunch of the shit? Illuminati's like, all right, fuck it, let's do it. And the members of the Illuminati. They were given a symbolic secret name taken from classic antiquity. Weishaupt, uh, he was Spartacus, for example, and Nig was Philo. And the membership levels also became a more complex hierarchy. There were a total of 13 degrees of initiation, oh, right, divided into three classes. The first culminated in the degree of the Illuminatus Minor, the second Illuminatus Dirigans and the third, that of the king. So basically, the first class had four stages. It was the initiate, it was the initiate, and then it was the novice, and the Minerval, and the Illuminatus, Illuminatus Minor. So basically, if you were an initiate, basically you were a prospect. They're like, all right, we all like you. Let's see if you could, you know, let's see if you could join. You know what I mean? Uh, uh, is that- you, you know, you'll prospect for like a few weeks, see if you see if we like you or not. Is this like a test? Basically, right? <laughs> <laughs> Dump him, and then Dump him and then <laughs> it was, on. and then it was the novice. Yeah, right. So that's and when you're in, in. That's when you're in. Gotcha. And then you became a Minerval, which basically you were kind of like a team lead, right? And then you became the Illuminatus Minor, which is basically the supervisor uh-huh. of the first class. And then once you became once you become a Minor, the Illuminatus Minor, then you could go up to the second class, and then you became an apprentice. And then you become a fellow, 
and then you go down to a master, and then a major, and then a derigan. And then, once you pass that, then you get into the third class, which is which is the priest, mm-hmm. and then you become a prince, and then a mage, and then finally, a king. The king is like the most, like, basically the king. Is there only one person hmm? who could be king? Or can there be multiple? No, there could be multiple. All right. So, like, <clears throat> the five guys, for example, yeah. the one. Okay. You know, so at that time when everyone was going, it was all going well, they had two to 3,000 members. It was pretty nuts how it was still a secret society with that many fucking people. Hey, did you know? Bitch, I'm in the club. <laughs> like, shit. Fuck. Fuck. All right. So we need to get more people. <clears throat> you know, so at this time, while it was all going good, there was an internal and external problems. And they would soon put an end to the order's expansion and to their upper echelons of Bavarian power. So basically what they wanted to do, and it's true, they wanted to take over the world. But in not in a like, oh, this malicious way, let me take over the world, which is what we think of the Illuminati. What they meant was like, we want to take over the world so we could go ahead and promote free thinking. Which is what, you know, that's what they that's said. the purpose of, yeah, of, just, yeah. of the Illuminati. Gotcha. Yeah. So, in order for them to do that, they had to get more important people into the Illuminati. That was, you know, they started getting doctors and lawyers, and then eventually they wanted to get more, like, people in government involved. Yeah. Heavy hitters. Yeah, it, yeah. But before they got that far, they started infighting with each other. Jeez. You know? Drama. Weishap, so, and Neeg increasingly fought over the aims and procedures of the order, a conflict that, in the end, forced... Neek to leave the society. And Neek, he was the charismatic one. He was the one who would go into a room and people would immediately gravitate toward to You know how there's people where they yeah. walk, like, you know how The Rock has that thing? Whether you don't know, you walk, people walk into a room, you kind of just gravitate toward them. Yeah, yeah. That's what he had. And he had, and he was, you know, charismatic and he would talk to people, people liked him. And that was a huge blow that he ended up leaving, you know, the Illuminati. Mm-hmm. And why Shaft, he was just like this quiet dude. He, you know, he's all about secret societies and all this shit. So it was a huge blow when, uh, after he took off. And at that same time, another ex-member wrote a letter to the Grand Duchess of Bavaria, supposedly snitching on the group and telling them the group's secrets. This letter, was a revelation, it had truth and it had Lies, so, you know. So according to the letter, the Illuminati believed that suicide was legitimate, that its enemies should be poisoned, and that religion was an absurdity. He also suggested that the Illuminati were conspiring against Bavaria on behalf of Austria. So not only did they believe in suicide, they believed the church was shit. You know, there was you know religion was dick. All this shit. <laughs> you know, the, after all this shit, which was you know, which is a huge like fuck you to you know at that time where it was all about God and religion. Yeah. Not yeah. only that, they were like a secret group for a fucking you know like an enemy state for Austria. For Austria, so having been warned by his wife, the Duke, his wife is the one who received the letter, mm-hmm. issued in June 1784, banning the creation of any kind of society not previously authorized by law. So basically, it was like no secret societies unless we know about it. That's kind of that's kind of defeats wow. the purpose. You know what I mean? You have a secret society, but you gotta tell us about it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> basically, you know it's what a I mean? Secret. 
So the Illuminati, they initially thought that this general prohibition, you know, it would not directly affect them. But just for, I don't know, for whatever reason. But just under a year later, in March 1785, the Bavarian government passed a second law which expressly banned the Illuminati. So, uh, so they're like, no more secret societies in Illuminati. is like, all right, cool. It doesn't affect us. They ain't talking about us, right? And the government's like, shit, they're still around. All right, oh, the next yeah? year, they're like, no more Illuminati. They're like, oh, fuck. You know, and in the course of carrying, you know, so basically they were still, you know, they, they banned it. Uh-huh. And then they started arresting them. And while they were arresting them, Bavarian police found highly compromising documents, including a defense of suicide and atheism, a plan to create a female branch of the order, which was a big no-no back then, invisible ink recipes, and medical instructions for carrying out abortions. Wait, wait, wait. What? Invisible? Ink. Ink. You know how you could write ink and then you could light the paper on fire and then the ink will show up? The, The weird part was... The way they found these documents, it was this dude who was riding a horse, right? Mm. He got struck by lightning. He burst into flames. The horse burst into flames, but his satchel did not. So there was a smoldering pile of fucking cumin and corpses. Yeah. And the police showed up. They're like, what the fuck is this? And they just picked this this shit up. They opened up the satchel and they found all these documents that were pro-abortion. You know, they were liberal as fuck yeah. at that time. Pro-abortions, like, you know, like all this shit. So they're like, oh shit, this is, this is the Illuminati. Fuck these fools. So, so this evidence was used for the basis of accusing the order of conspiring against religion and the state. So they had proof that the Illuminati were doing shit that was illegal. So in August 1787, the Duke issued a third son of a... In which he confirmed that the order was prohibited. He's like, all right, I'm serious now, guys. I'm serious. For real. And imposed the death penalty for membership. (laughs) Right? Oh, no. So, and the crazy part was that Wyshap, the member, the founding member, he was a professor in the university. So he was fired, and he was banned. Who was it executed? Well, he managed to escape in the middle of the night. Oh, and because shit. they found, obviously, they didn't kill him. So they're like, all right, he's banned from ever coming back yeah. here. So the Bavarian state, it considered. So after he after he booked it, and he was banished, and he lived, you know, he lived the rest of his life in Gotha. He became a te- like he still continued his studies. So at that time, the Bavarian state considered the the Illuminati, you know dismantled no one's talking about it everyone's like everyone's like yeah it's cool and all you know it's cool we're all hanging out in robes in the middle of the night talking shit about stars but you're not even trying to get killed so they're like all right we'll just you know we'll just call it a night agg yeah basically so their legacy you know so it, it, it all went to shit you know they're like fuck it we'll just disband it we'll do our own thing like you know they dapped each other oh you know it was cool while it lasted they all went on their own mm-hmm. their legacy however has endured, <laughs> have adapted each other. Adapted each other, you know. So uh, has endured and fueled many conspiracy theories. Every consp- every major conspiracy theory goes back to the Illuminati or somehow tied with the Illuminati. Mm-hmm. Why Shapti was accused falsely of helping to, of helping to plot the French Revolution. The Illuminati have been fingered in recent events, like they were not, not like literally fingered, but like oh. They were blamed for the assassination of John F. Kennedy. <laughs> Nobody was thinking that. <laughs> why, 
you know, one listener is gonna be like, I was, you know, and like <laughs> I was, you know, like the, the whole secret society thing kind of like it kind of stayed in everybody's mind, you know, like especially uh-huh. you know all this shit, and one of the reasons why the Illuminati, you know, the whole Illuminati thing has stayed current, just not only because it's people have talked about it, they've written books, they've written movies, Angels and Demons, you know, like all these fucking all this shit. So, although this group was disbanded, Y-Shap's lasting contribution may be the idea that secret societies linger behind, you know, the scenes pulling the levers of power. So, eventually, they win a shit, and this is where the real Illuminati end, and the so-called, and the so you know, the New World Order Illuminati began. They're like, alright, we were a secret society, we got found out, now let's become even more, let's become, like, we'll just be even bigger secret you know like we'll just be in the shadows now like we're not gonna we're not gonna say nothing mm. and that's where that legend started because remember at this time it was five three two to three thousand members mm-hmm. and they were had high people they had high doctors and all this shit and usually those were the people who made rules made the laws influenced society so a lot of people are like they quote unquote dismantled but not really so that's where lines get blurry and that's where the beginning of the Illuminati as we know it today, you know, began. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, so one of the things when I was looking, you know, when I was, when I, uh, like one of the biggest reasons why I wanted to do this episode was because I wanted like, why did the Illuminati, why did they, be, why did they stop the Illuminati? You know, like what did they believe in? Mm-hmm. And there were two sides to, the, to this historical Illuminati. There are the rituals and then their ideals, which is what kind of gravitates everybody toward these secret societies, all these all these secret handshakes, their secret meetings at two o'clock in the morning, their secret you know lodges and you know like all this shit. The you know and the Illuminati they did plenty of unusual shit. They did a bunch of weird shit. They used symbols like the owl. You know they adopted pseudonyms to avoid identification. I know this was. <laughs> you know, they, pigeon over here. They got secret names, and they had, like I mentioned earlier, complicated hierarchies, ridiculous ranks. You know, and in the beginning, the you know the Illuminati members they didn't trust anyone over thirty, right? Because at, at that t- it could, you know at that time, if you were over thirty, you were indoctrinated. You were you could, you were already set your ways. Like you're not gonna if if you believed in God uh, after the age of thirty, you're not not gonna start believing in God. So they're like, yeah, if you're old, you know, you're done. Fresh blood. Other reports of rituals are harder to confirm, you know, but we know, we know because of history now that the members were very paranoid and used spy-like protocols to keep one another's identity secret. Like I mentioned earlier, they called each other, not by their real names, but like Greek gods, you know, doing all this shit to avoid their actual identities to be known. And, you know, while they were following these weird-ass rituals, they also promoted a worldview that reflected enlightenment ideals like rational thought and self-rule, anti-clerical and anti-royal, you know, the kind of lifestyles. And the Illuminati, they were closer to revolutionaries than world rulers since they sought to infiltrate and upset powerful institutions like the monarchy. You know, so almost immediately... After the Illuminati were disbanded, conspiracy theories immediately started. The most famous conspiracy theories, you know, there were all one of the most famous conspiracy theories was authored by the physicist John Robertson 
Robison in 1797. He accused the Illuminati of infiltrating the Freemasons and um, who's, and Abe, whose 1797 history of the Jacobins promoted the theory that secret societies, including the Illuminati, were behind the French Revolution. Historians tend to see these as the first in the long line of conspiracy theories. So basically people were like, yeah, they kind of, you know, they disbanded, but not really. Mm. You know, later on, some of the founding fathers managed to stoke the interest in the Illuminati in the, in the United States. And in 1798, George Washington wrote, he wrote a letter addressing the Illuminati threat. So not the president of the United States believed that the Illuminati were actually real and they were a threat to, the, you know, the new United States years after they were disbanded. The fucking president. They're like, yeah, these motherfuckers are real. So that didn't help out at all with, you know, conspiracy theories. Damn. And in this panic caused by the anti anti-Illuminati books and sermons, Thomas Jefferson, without any base of truth, he was accused of being a member of the Illuminati. People were just blaming each other. Just and for one reason or another, Thomas Jefferson, like, yeah, this is Illuminati. And people are like, Really? He's like, no, 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 no. Like, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not. Wait, he he said it himself? No, no, no. People were blaming. They were uh, accusing him of being a you know, member of the Illuminati. You know, of the Illuminati. So that's the Bavarian Illuminati, which is the, which is a really short, condensed, real condensed version of the, of the history of the real Illuminati. And they, they only lasted like 12, 14 years, but through the, there, and there's so many documentaries that you should watch this on YouTube. It's fucking, it's crazy. Like, like, the way it's, like, people, like, you know how I mentioned Adam Weishaupt? Mm -hmm. People don't even think that's his real name. You think that was his code name? He made up that name. And I was like, why the fuck would people assume, like, that's, like, his fake name? You know, they're like, well, first of all, if you're going to start a secret society, you're not going to start it with your fucking real name. Because then it's not going to become. It's not so very secret. It's not anyway. a secret. Yeah. And people are like, well, why do you assume it's a fake name? And they break it down. Right? What's his first name? Adam. Okay. Who was the first man? Adam. So it's Adam and Eve. Okay. Right? Weish means leader. The first half of his last name means leader. And the second half of his last name, Haupt, means wise, which translates to the first man that leads the wise. I was like, oh, shit. Like, there's so many, like, dumb, amazing, like, little breakdowns. Hell, people make these connections. Like, it's ridiculous. Like, the symbolism. Like, I, I want to do a whole, like, this, well, we need to do a whole episode on just the symbolism of the Illuminati. Yeah. Just the ranks. Just the history. It's fucking ridiculous. All the secret handshakes. The, the, lengths, the lengths they would take so people won't recognize who they were. Like, it's it's fucking extraordinary how these motherfuckers literally were about that life, about that secret society life, and I don't really blame them because, you know, if they found out you were, you were gonna get taken out. Yeah, you know, so you know, if you guys, you know, and um, most of this information you know, I pulled it from there's a there's a pretty cool documentary on um, YouTube about the Bavarian Illuminati. It's like an hour long, and it kind of breaks down the more truthful version. Uh, the more black and white version of the Illuminati. Is that the video that you're watching here? Yeah, that's the video I was watching. That one night? Yeah. yeah. 
So that's basically it. But there's so many other documentaries, the more colorful ones, the ones where they talk about the rituals, the you know, all this shit, which is fucking dope. But I kind of wanted to base it on the, the real, the uh-huh. one that seemed more real, the Bavarian Illuminati. I want to see some documentaries on the other Illuminati, Spanish and the French. Yeah, basically that's what they were. They were just free, th- just groups the of free thinkers. Yeah. The origin of the non-secret secret society. Yeah. 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 Right. Pretty right. much. Right. I was like, oh. All right. All right. Okay. That's the name of our episode, guys. All right. Let me ask you guys a question. When I tell you, no. what does number 13 <laughs> symbolize to you guys? Lucky 13. What's the fr- Lucky, right? Lucky For you? What does the number 13 mean to you? Gangs. Gangs? <laughs> Fuck. Calle Mexican gangs. Well, there's a lot of skepticism of, 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 of the meaning behind the number. 13. Bam. Okay, but did you know there's an actual phobia for the skepticism of the number 13? What is it called? 13 It's a ridiculous name. It's oh. a, yeah, it's a dumbass name. It's called the Triskaidekaphobia, which is the fear, the phobia of skepticism behind the meaning of the number 13. Someone just pulled that out of their ass. <laughs> I swear to God, dude, look. Dude, I'm that, like, bro. And that phobia is stupid real. Like the lengths. No, go, go on. I mean, I believe it. People believe in freaking flat earths. Yeah. And what does that have to do with uh, Illuminati? Nothing. But it's a great opener to introduce the 13 the bloodlines <laughs> of the Illuminati. You know, like, before you jump onto the blood, like... You got me hooked, Josh. <laughs> what the fuck? That's so... Look, like, the crazy thing about that phobia for the number 13... Yeah. Ask Jesse. I don't know if his building... Uh, like, for you guys listening, um, we have a buddy here who's always with us, and he's... On our desk. And I want to ask him a question. Because he works he works for the city of Los Angeles. How big is your building? How big? How, how many floors? 16. I bet I bet money that and this and, and this is true. Next time you go to work, next time you're in the elevator, look for the number 13 on the elevator. I'm pretty sure they don't have it. I'm pretty sure it goes 11, 12, and then 14. Is there? Because a lot oh, of you said pretty sure, said, bro. Yeah, because there's because sure. there's a lot of buildings like there's a lot of buildings that don't have the the, the floor thirteen. They don't they t- technically don't have it just because of that fear. They think it's bad luck. Really? Have you guys paid attention in to LA? it? L A. In, in the world, like there's there's huge buildings. They go 11, 12, 14, 15, Well, maybe 16, because of that, because yeah. of the actual fucking. That's why. Yeah, the phobia. No, they they just skip they just skip the number thirteen. They just don't put it on the elevator. They, uh, if you go to an elevator, it goes 11, 12, 14, 15, 16. It's, it's ridiculous how nuts that fucking phobia thing is. All right. All right. Let us know. All right. <laughs> Update. Uh, Jesus said he's going to let us know on Tuesday. And we're going to let when you he goes know back on to the work. next episode. Take a picture of the elevator so we can post it on Instagram to see, hey. if we're, to see, if, to see if I'm talking out of my ass or not. <laughs> and engineers over there just like, Cut out 13, bro. He's going to send a picture. He's going to fucking put a Sharpie on the, he's gonna <laughs> sharpie on the elevator. It's going to say 11, 11, oh, wow. 11, 12, 12, 14. <laughs> <laughs> All right, go on. You mentioned about the 13 bloodlines of the Illuminati. Of the Illuminati. A ver, a ver, a ver. So like you said, Moses, the Illuminati has essentially their hands balls deep dipped in every politician, in every business. And every entertainer and anything possible you can think of, think of, the Illuminati has their hands tied in with this. So, overall, they are run 
allegedly by 13 bloodlines. They have wealth and power all around the world. Starting off with the first family is known as the Astor family. Now, this family, the Astor family, is, is a wealthy American family whose wealth rooted in the fur trade in the late 1700s. John Jacob Astor, the founder of the family fortune, was well, the founder of the goddamn fortune of this family. After he passed away, his son, William Backhouse Astor, inherited the major portion of the estate who later doubled the family fortune. After his death, his son, John Jacob Astor II, increased his fortune, uh, well, his family's fortune, by 75 to 100 million dollars. He was more of a philanthropist, as you mentioned earlier, and he made a lot of growth and investments to uh, museums, mm -hmm. one particularly to be known as a Metropolitan Museum oh. of Art. Now, John Jacob Astor, actually, if you guys didn't know, fun fact, right? He actually died in 1912 in the sinking of Titanic. Oh, shit. Yeah. He was in there? He was in there. And like, that's like, I'm in there, bro. He yeah. was in there. And, and supposedly that was done on purpose. Cause, what? Because he the, was. The sinking? No. Yeah. Well, yeah. The sinking, because a lot of people, because they wanted at that time, after the, during the sinking, I don't know if you're going to ruin it. I mean, I don't know if I'm going to ruin it for you. Oh, the Federal Bank? It. Are you going to mention the Federal Bank? Of a certain family? No, of the United States. You know, you know, how, the, the federal, you know how the United States has a Federal Bank? Mm -hmm. Well, a, a bunch of people who were opposed it, who were opposed of, of having a Federal Bank. Yeah. Um, supposedly the Illuminati's like, oh, you know what? Like, you know, as you know, just think about it, go on this cruise and come back to us. Everyone who opposed that idea was in the Titanic. And oh, really? the Titanic sank. And after it sank, they immediately are like, Oh, fuck it. Yeah, let's do it. So that's another conspiracy with the Titanic sinking. Oh, oh, they, they said yeah. <laughs> Moving on to the second family, we have the Bundy family. Another family who has strong ties to American politics and government. Members of this Bundy family are alleged to be part of the members of the Skull and Bone Fraternity, which is known to be an undergraduate secret senior society at the University of Yale. Harvey Hollister Bundy and his two sons, William Bundy and McGeorge Bundy, all play a big factor of the creation of certain fronts and projects of the Illuminati. And this is the projects and fronts as follows. The first one, the Manhattan Project, which is the first production of the first nuclear weapons. The second, the CIA. Third, private law. And lastly, right, the creation of the legal presence of the Illuminati, known as the Council on Foreign Relations. Yep. Supposedly that whole department, that's the Illuminati. The Illuminati's like, they've infiltrated the government where they created their own branch and that's what that branch is that's basically the illuminati the bundies yeah no that that branch well they had like a big role yeah. in the creation of certain fronts and one of them is well that moving on to the third family we have the collins family now this family we don't really know much about the collins family they have like secrecy behind their history mm -hmm. but they have strong power within the illuminati Extensive connections to New England Satanists. Okay, they are the key to the Illuminati rituals and worship. Now, speculations and other Illuminati watchers 
state that possible members are Michael Collins, the astronaut, and the actress Joan Collins. Oh, Joanne? Joanne. Joanne. Joanne Collins. Yeah. So moving on to the fourth family, we have the DuPont family. D-U-P-O-N-T family. They play another important factor of the American industry. Their lineage traces back to the 1700s in Paris. Their massive holdings, which consist of industrial, real estate, and commercials, are in the East and mainly in Delaware. The DuPont family are also entwined to the Freemasonry and other Illuminati groups, such as the, Bild- uh, the Bilderbergs, the Bilderbergs mm-hmm. and the Trilateral Commission. Moving on to the fifth family, we have the Freeman family, known as one of the most mysterious Illum- uh, Illuminati bloodlines. Behind this uh, family, there's, again, a lot of speculation behind this family. It is said that they are involved in the self-help movement, which is, uh, which is an alcohol and other drug residential treatment facility, which is heavily watched and pocketed by the Satanists. That one I found pretty fucking crazy. Number six, the Kennedy family, a political dynasty tracing back generations to generations. The Kennedy name holds power, wealth, and privilege. The Kennedys held positions of power in government, which includes John F. F. Kennedy. JFK is said to be an Illuminati-controlled president who have history of getting on the bad side of the Illuminati. This really explains the death of several Joseph Kennedys' senior children, starting off with the first son, Joseph Jr., Death by naval airplane explosion. Second son, John F. Kennedy. Death by assassination. And the third son, Robert F. Kennedy. Death by assassination. And he was a presidential candidate. Dude, they hated his dad so much. They're like, look, we're not going to kill you. We're going to kill your kids, motherfucker. So, so they were saying that the, the, the dad, the Kennedy dad. Well, the Kennedy family was part of the 13 bloodlines, but he oh. would annoy the shit out of the other Illuminati members. They're like, you know what? We're going to teach you a lesson, motherfucker. And they take out his kid. Isn't there one brother still alive? Or they're all dead? I have no idea. We should know this, but we don't. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. Look, what, he's six families in, and he's already mentioned... Presidents, astronauts, like government of government branches, and you, mm-hmm. so that's kind of where the whole new world order, like he, you know, those thirteen blood. That's how, because because people are like, how the fuck are the Illuminati going to control you know the new world order? And whether you believe it or not, these thirteen bloodlines, they're all part of the Illuminati, and they kind of all infiltrate their own separate little thing. So my brother's kind of painting the picture of how if the new world order would come true. This is how it's coming true. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of people in a lot of deep pockets. Yeah, from governments yeah. to entertainment. Yeah. It's a lot of stuff. Moving on to the seventh family, we have the Lee family. Now, this bloodline is hard to trace since Lee is a common last name in China. Speculation is that China will factor in the coming of what's called the Illuminati New World Order. Specifically, Li Peng, Prime Minister of the Westernization of China, is a big factor of this. And uh, the name Li also holds massive fortunes in real estate and manufacturers in China, also in Hong Kong, which is also in China. But big parts in Hong Kong. <clears throat> Moving on to number eight, the Onassis family. 
think that's how you pronounce it right. O N A S S I S. I think it's Onassis, but whatever. Onassis. Where is it? Where are they from? Here. I have no idea. Here. From Europe, I think. I think. Or, they, or they had Thai connections. Well, yeah. Right. Right now. yeah We're possibly. not experts. <laughs> so the Onassis or Onassis family is known as the Lords of Greek Shipping. They represent a key European link to the ancient Illuminati rites. And I say rites as an R-I-T-E-S, which which is defined as social custom or practice. Mm. Uh, They hold power over what goes where and when due to their massive vessels and transportations they could acquire. Mm -hmm. Um, The family's top members hold key positions in many Illuminati front groups. One member is Aristotle uh, Onassis or Onassis, which is Jackie Kennedy's second husband. After reading that, I was like, bruh. It's nuts. Yeah. It's crazy how they're all intertwined with each other. Yeah. And it's said that this family, it's said that they are influential Satanists. Hell yeah. Influential Satanists? Yeah. Moving on to number nine, we have the Reynolds family. Uh, their, we- uh, their wealth is founded based on their massive holdings in tobacco, uh, specifically the R.J. Reynolds Company. The Roti family have high-ranking Freeman members and mainly connected through uh, philanthropic connections and links in the occult and Satanism. That's really much I found about this family. Again, like the sources I have, dude, Dude, you're, be right. dude, you're dude, never, you're yeah, never uh, gonna run lineage, out of sources. Yeah, yeah, dude. The lineage behind each family is so fucking much. Look, so already, you know, we already have people in, we already have people, you know, the Illuminati. They have people in the entertainment business, so they're in charge of what they want us to see. They're gonna brainwash us, and then they have people and government officials telling us what we're allowed to do and not to do. And then we have people right now in the tobacco business who's basically they kill people. So basically, they're one of the reasons why they jumped in on it. People are like, well, how does that make any sense? Well, if more people smoke, the more people are going to die. The more people die, the less people there are, which means it's going to be less complicated to control. Mm. When you're going to control people, the less people you have to control, the easier and better it is. So the one of the things about the New World Order and the Illuminati thing is... You know the population of the Earth. They're trying to bring it down. Like it's an absurd number. Like they want like half a, like half a billion people on Earth. Like they want to kill like eighty percent of the people just because like half like they're like five hundred million. We can manage, dude. That's the United the United States is just half of that. So moving on to number ten, the family known as the Rockefeller family. Hey. Rockefeller itself is a definition of extreme wealth and power. Now, putting aside their holdings in real estate and industry, they are alleged by Illuminati watchers of their giving large amounts of money to religious organizations, which they state are the training grounds, training training wow. grounds for Satanism. Satanists, sorry. Mm-hmm. All right. Moving on to the eleventh. Uh, bloodline of the family of the Illuminati is you mentioned this name the Rothschild family the Rothschilds yeah so this family name uh, so this family name comes up over and over when researching Illuminati's conspiracies the establishment of, uh, of family banks is 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 the five key European countries 
It is said that their wealth was founded by starting wars and selling weapons to both sides. Till this day, it is said that the Rothschild-controlled politicians base their decisions on what's good for the family and not for the people. Which is pretty crazy. They have influence of politicians <laughs> to base their decisions for it's the family. The benefits for, for the people. Yeah. I believe exactly. it. Damn. With that much power? Fuck. Yeah. What I feel like doing today. Mm-hmm. Moving on to number 12, we have the Russell family. Charles T. Russell, Christian uh, Restorationist minister, is a big factor on the founding of the Bible student movement. Society known as the Watchtower. From this, different religious groups emerge. The Jehovah's Witnesses, Illuminati Watchers, say that these groups are fronts for Satanism. Other Russell's uh, members are said to have held positions in Skull and Bones, Secret Society, the Masons, and the U.S. government. Lastly, we have the Von Duyen family. A bloodline that is that is the least well known of the Illuminati. The Van Duyen, the Van Duyen family is connected to the founding of New York City itself. They are known as being one of the many prominent Dutch families in early America. And lastly, it's speculated that they had Black Ops mind control projects carried out in s- extreme secrecy. There you have it, folks. Those are the thirteen bloodlines. Of the Illuminati. Yeah, you know, I'm telling you, that's basically the people who run the Illuminati. Basically, those are the 13 families that run the fucking world. Uh-huh. People who are in the entertainment business. People who are in the government. People who are decreasing the population because they're killing people with our tobacco. So basically, you kind of, kind of, you know, you kind of, kind of get the full painted picture of how, if it's possible, that's how it's gonna go down. They're putting us in a nice little box. Yeah, that's fucking crazy. It's a trap. It, and it's crazy how a lot of the names that you guys mentioned, they all have connections with everything, including my section, which is on the Bohemian Grove. I and mean. one, I, I, I really like this topic, especially because coming into this podcast, this is one of the first things I studied. And this is one of the first things that you mentioned that we started watching. The, well, the video from Alex Jones when he, is, uh, when he, snuck, when into he the snuck into the Bohemian Grove, which I'll talk about a little bit later. But before I talk about the, the Bohemian growing what it's all about, I want to start off with, first of all, what are the requirements in order to be a member and an attendee of this high-profile club? One, you must be invited by several members or wait a long 18-year-plus waiting list. Pay a hefty $25,000 initiation fee, plus... Pay thousands of dollars in yearly dues. Wait, and this is to join what? This is to join the Bohemian Grove. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah. The Bohemian Grove. And for those of you that do not know, the Bohemian Grove is basically a rich man's club here in Calif- in California in the, in San Jose. True. There is a part in the San Jose. Is it the San Jose National Forest? Is that what it's called? It's more of the, the Redwoods, conservative, like the Redwood area. The Redwood area. There yep. is this. We were there. Yeah, we were there. We there, were there. <laughs> if only you guys would have known. That, I mean, you guys what, that's if only we were it. rich. This is this is why you mentioned like, hey, bro, did you hear about the Bohemian Grove? I'm like, wait, what was that? Did I mention it when yeah. you guys came back? All right, yeah. Well, there's this section in the in the Bohemian, I mean, the Bohemian Grove in the Redwood Forest, where for what for one reason or another, you just show up and you just see military tanks, and you're not allowed to pass a certain area. Mm-hmm. You, you just can't pass. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, why the fuck is there military tanks out in the fucking middle of this redwood forest? Well, because of the fucking Bohemian Grove. Mm-hmm. So it takes 18 years? At least. There's, that's that long of a waiting list in order for you to be a part of it. I'm putting my name in right now. <laughs> I wish I knew about it when I was born. Put me in, son. <laughs> but then you got to pay a $25,000 initiation fee. Oh, fuck. That could barely afford Spotify. Not only that, you got to also, and this is where we're all fucked, be a part of a long bloodline of high power and aristocracy. Well, yeah. I'm be, out. Be Republican. Oh, I'm out. And be white. Oh, oh I'm definitely we're, we're, this is the, this is the only way we could definitely go in. It's because we're, we're we're males. That's that's that's, that's the only requirement way. we yeah. meet. Yeah, <laughs> like you, your dudes. Yeah, fuck. Since but, it's actual initiation, no women were ever allowed in this club or be attendees of any sort. So now, here's the thing: the Bohemian Grove wasn't always as pompous, highly exclusive, he-man, woman haters type club. As a matter of fact, the club has roots as far back as the early 1800s when the term Bohemian, translated from someone pertaining to Bohemia, which is now known as the region of Czech Republic, to someone with a traveling, free spirit, artsy, individual-like personality. So you have to be a hippie. Basically. And the Bohemian Grove was then formed in 1872 in San Francisco by the self-proclaimed Bohemians who wanted a a space for self-expression. Members of then the Bohemian Grove Club were mostly writers and artist type. Even though the club was founded in 1872, its first actual encampment did not start until six years later when the club hosted a type of going-away party in the Redwoods for its founding members. Right about 100 members gathered for this festivity where it was not only a party, but you know a place for the artists to come and expose their works to the rest of the Bohemian community. Members then decided that this would, in turn, be some sort of a yearly festivity where every summer bohemians can gather and freely express their shit. Back then, there weren't many rules as to being a part of this club, and anyone who is anyone can really participate in the event. It wasn't so much of a type of secret society, and the current campground's uh, location was purchased in 1899. Back then, the encampment didn't really have any real facilities, and the members couldn't afford to buy more land for its growing membership to the club, and so... That's when San Francisco businessmen and aristocrats came in. These rich businessmen then became the patrons of the encampment, but of course, not without a price. Soon enough, those businessmen started inviting their friends, who in turn invited their friends, who in turn invited their friends until the Bohemian Grove membership list started looking more like the Forbes list for the richest and the most powerful. The Grove became highly exclusive, and those who were friends with the high and the powerful elites of the world were the ones who were invited. Members were anything from businessmen meccas to notable artists and writers to U.S. presidents. presidents. And so this is a list coming from Vanity Fair, one of the more notable members that we might know ourselves. George H.W. Bush, George W. Bush, Dick Cheney, Kalen Coolidge, Clint Eastwood. Dwight D. Eisenhower, Gerald Ford, Barry Goldwater, Herbert Hoover, Henry Kissinger, Jack London, David and Nelson Rockefeller, Teddy Roosevelt, and Mark Twain. And then there's an updated list where Barack Obama's on that list. Eh? Eh. 
All right. Never mind. There, that, there's speculation over that. One, because he's a Democrat. Oh, I thought I was going to say because he's black. I was going to say, whoa. And two, because he's oh, black. All right, never mind. Yeah, no. So, <laughs> like, they're really, like, they're trying to keep that tradition moving on. And, you know, and I'll talk more about what we know as far as the Bohemian Grove now. Okay. So, ever since its exclusivity, there was much speculation over exactly what went on in the club. So, first, let's start off with the concrete facts. The actual Bohemian Grove camp is located about 80 miles north of San Francisco and spans over a 2,700-acre lot property within the Redwoods National Forest. The Grove is actually open to the public year-round except yeah. for two weeks in July that are reserved for the secret hub. It wasn't very long until people came around to the idea of wanting to infiltrate the Bohemian Grove during these two weeks in July. Many have tried, but few have successfully entered the grove and marveled at his mysteries and land of enchantment. Unlike the rest of the year, during the two weeks in July, the entrances are heavily guarded with security, helicopters flying around through the main roads, and armed guards surrounding any place where peeping toms might be hiding. Just recently in 2008, a reporter from Vanity Magazine wanted to write a hit story about the grove and went as far as to sneak in, but it didn't take long for fellow Grove members and security to find this guy and snuff him out within an hour after finding that he was trespassing. Truth be told, it has gotten a lot harder for anyone to try to sneak in the Bohemian Grove ever since. There are some photos, however, that, been, that have presented to the public to clearly show some of the individuals that I mentioned earlier. One of the more prolific photos is of the Bohemian Grove was taken in the summer of 1967, which was the governor, then the governor of California, Ronald Reagan, and future president of the U.S., Richard Nixon, which happened only two years later after that picture was taken. Not only that, there are photos that go all the way back to the early 1900s. Some of them were, you know, standard photos of men hanging out, drinking, while others of dolls that are actually getting hung. I mean, these photos were taken in the early 1900s and there's speculation whether the lynching was real or symbolic or, or either. But regardless, there was no further inst- investigation done by police on that photo. Yeah, so that's, that's where it kind of opens like the whole secrecy thing. A bunch of rich people hanging out. And not only with rich people, but a bunch of presidents and a bunch of people, high-profile high, high high people. They're like, why the fuck are all these people hanging out in the middle of the fucking forest for two weeks. And then when you start inputting the Illuminati thing, you're like, wait, are they plotting something? And I, I don't know if you're going to get to it about the about um, the Hiroshima. Are, are, yeah. Are all right. Mm-hmm. I don't want to ruin that for you then. All right. So shut the fuck up. Here's some money. All right. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So shut the fuck up money. Hey. And then this is, and then this is where, you know, real life reports were also, were also published for the public concerning the Bohemian Grove. In November of 1989, an American journalist by the name of Philip Weiss published a piece on Spy Magazine called Masters of the Universe Go to Camp Inside the Bohemian Grove. Wait, hold up. There's a magazine called Spy Magazine? magazine And they spy? True. Nice. I mean, can you be any more obvious? But I don't know how he got away with publishing this. (laughs) But anyways, um, Weiss really goes into depth and went on, you know, of what went on in the summer of 1989. According to Wise, he was able to attend for the whole two, two weeks, weeks worth shit. of the camp. What? 
What? You know, I have no idea how the hell this guy was able to make it through to the two weeks without getting caught by security or any of the members, but he made it through all the way to the end. Bro, of course he ain't going to get caught. He has a, mag- he has a magazine called Spy Magazine. No, He's a fucking super spy. In this article, he describes firsthand encounters with some of the members, and in order to avoid getting caught, Wise would keep his identity pretty consistent until members would ask him further questions about his background, and he tailored his stories according to what they said in order to keep his actual identity confidential and avoid getting kicked out. So he would be like, oh, hey, I'm blah, 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 from blah, blah, blah. And they'd be like, oh, and you do this, this, and that. I'm like, and he's like, yeah, of course I do that kind of stuff. And so he adds that onto his story. So in case anyone asks. So if, if he goes to like the other person, what do you do? I do this, this, this. And he remembers this. And I do this. And they're like, okay, that makes sense. So he yeah. starts piecing his. See, of course, that's, that's why he has a fucking magazine called Spy Magazine. Spy, okay. This guy's a fucking He's genius. A true spy. True. And, you know, not only that, like you mentioned, Wise was an intelligent man. This fucker was well prepared because he knew most of the people who interacted with him mentioning such names as Roald Sagdev, which is a Russian physicist. Henry Kissinger, which was then National Security Advisor, amongst other duties, and Casper W. Weinberger, which was the former Defense Secretary. What made these interactions scarier was that um, Wise really did stick out like a sore thumb because he was the youngest person amongst the rest of the attendees, so that Uh he really tried not to bring attention to himself. And when he was asked about what camping ground he actually belonged to, he named some of the camping grounds that were known to be the campgrounds that were made for last-minute attendees. Okay. So then they were like, oh, that makes sense why you're part of that, you know, because you're new or whatever. And so he said that the whole encampment seemed very enchanting and surreal in nature as if to come out from a page of Shakespeare's A Midsummer Night's Dream. One attendee even described the whole event as, quote, having great sex. Dude, this dude must have been tight butthole the whole two weeks. What's two you know, weeks, dude? Trying he, to keep up a lie. And within those two weeks, he watched business deals happen, all sorts of theater perform, as well as watching the mighty and sophisticated aristocrats of the upper echelon getting shit-faced and perverse and, you know, saying racist comments proclaimed freely without any care in the world. The no, kind of powerful just getting shit-faced, bro. Yeah, because remember, like, I'll just explain it. The... The the Bohemian Grove started by a bunch of, for the lack of a better word, hippies and artists. They like to dance, make music. Obviously, that's what hippies do, right? So they, even though these businessmen infiltrated and kind of kicked them out, they kind of like to keep that whole free, like, environment. So even to this day, you have billionaires who these motherfuckers would dress up like they did back then and put up plays and dance and dress and sing like they did back when it started. Mm-hmm. You see these Fortune 500 CEOs, these stern, pot-bellied white assholes who just who fucking run the world, get drunk off the whatever the fuck they're drinking, and then just dance. Just, just do this ridiculous dance and sing these old, late 1800s, early 1900s like jingles. And, and they, that's like, that's cool. And they could do that because, I mean, it was heavily guarded everywhere. So there's yeah. no, they don't have to fear for their, you of, know, yeah, people being, their integrity be, being or recorded. Per, yeah, and stuff yeah. like that. And on the final day, you know, Richard Nixon was being interviewed uh, and being asked freely whatever question from any audience member. And since it was the very last day, anyways, Wise brought it to himself to ask him a question. After all, you know, Wise had his bags packed in one hand and his audio recorder in his pocket ready in the other. 
He was getting, the second he answered, he was getting, I'm, I'm, he's going to bounce. True. Boom. And Wise wanted to ask Nixon, how does he feel about the government and legal efforts to admit women to the club? Of course. Wait, that's what he asked? That's what he wanted to ask. I want to ask, like, are aliens real? Area 51. Edward asked, how do you feel about women joining the club? Was for Mr. Golden Opportunity. Regardless, you know, of course, there was a moderator who first looked at these questions prior to having them be asked. And when the moderator looked at his question, he looked at Wise and quizzically asked who he was and what camp he came from. He mentioned his actual name. He was just like, fuck it, whatever, just say my name. And he said that he was a part of the Lamp of the Fellowship Club camp. So it was an actual name. It wasn't mm. just something that came out of his ass. The moderator thought the question would cause some sort of outrage in the camp, and so he decided to throw the paper out of the list of questions. Oh. Because, I mean, till this day, it is all male camp. It's a, it's a male. It'll, yeah. So that he was thinking that because, you know, if he was to ask that question, it would just uproar the whole audience, and they're just like, Women! They're going to start spitting and flipping True. tables. <laughs> True. There is, however, moving on, years later, one video... You know, that we'll post in our show notes by Texas-based reporter Alex Jones from InfoWars, who also successfully infiltrated the Grove and recorded what looks to look like a ritual of some sort. Apparently, this is an annual ritual called the Cremation of Care that, you know, I kind of interpreted as a sort of sacrificial ritual that, quote-unquote, cleanses the members of basically anything to repent them of all the shit that basically doesn't mean shit to people of high status. So, look, I don't mean to interrupt you. So, there's two versions of this cremation, of this whole bohemian growth. There's the version that Archie is explaining, right? He's explaining about these businessmen. This is where they go and let loose for two weeks, do all this, do whatever the fuck they want, want to do. They blow each other, do all sorts of shit. No one judges them. After two weeks, they're gone and nothing happened. That's the story that most of these people are sticking to. Mm-hmm. And then there's the actual true, quote unquote, true bohemian growth which is just the satanic hotbed of the masterminds of the world where they go in and meet and speak to each other and go over like all right there's this is how we're going to speak and they invite the brightest minds and the brightest people of all over the world to meet like all right how are we how what are we going to do this year that's going to bring us closer to controlling the re- the whole the earth the whole to, to control everybody and there's speculations and rumors that during a Bohemian Grove meeting, that's where they thought of the atomic bomb. Like, we need to have a super bomb where we could bomb and people will fear us. This is where they thought, all right, this is, we need a banking system. We need this. We need to do, so all the horrible things, this is supposedly, this is where, during George W. Bush's attendance, the dad's like, we need to have a catastrophic event to happen in the United States so we go into war so we could get oil. And that's where they brought up, and that's where they, the plot of 9-11 happened. It happened during a Bohemian Grove Meeting. meeting. So going back to all these, you know, conspiracies that happen because Alex Jones is known for all that. The video is kind of long. The, the part, you know, the, of the series is actually called "Uncover the Truth: The Bohemian Grove," and you know, all type of shit that kind of goes on there. But in the clip that I'm talking about in particular, Jones is recording the ceremony that's happening at night. The footage looks kind of grainy, but you know, from what I got. There are all these people dressed in full-piece robes, hoods, and there's this giant wooden statue that resembles an owl. It's like about 40 feet high. It's, it's just huge as owl. Huge as owl. And you can obviously see during the day if you were ever to get a chance to go over there when it's open, obviously. And then, 
that kind of gives it like what's the symbol of the Illuminati? The owl. And like why are these random rich people, powerful people doing these rituals on a statue that's a 40 fucking foot owl? So that's kind of the, that adds more fuel to the whole uh-huh. conspiracy fire. Like, oh, and you know freaking Alex Jones is getting wet over, over all this stuff. Dude, Alex, like, I was just, I was talking to you guys the other day how I, Alex Jones for the longest time, I I, I don't want to say I was a fan, but he was like this kooky, crazy guy. I'm like, oh, I like listening to his bullshit. Uh-huh. He starts talking all this shit, and then he got a little. He got too kooky. He got not even kooky, but he got some power, and people started listening to his crazy ideas, and he's this super, super right-winged, which is not the problem. I mean. You know, to each their own. But, like, he's super problematic. Dude, he's a sand... Like, we're talking about... He's a Sandy Hook denier. Mm-hmm. He believes in extraterrestrial fucking children, fucking pedophiles. Like, dude, he believes in all this shit. And he promotes it to his people. And all this shit. And people believe in it. And they gobble it all up and just fucking... Ding. Dude, he... Like, I, I, like I was t- talking to you about the Pizzagate thing. This dude had some dude walk into a pizza parlor with machine guns. Out of some shit that he kept promoting, he kept digging and digging and digging the whole Pizzagate thing. So this dude's dangerous, not only because of the shit he says, but because he has a huge platform with InfoWars. And that's when I kind of started like, oh, this dude's an asshole. Fuck this dude. He's going too deep in that ass. But, okay, so moving on to, you know, what's actually happened for those who don't have a chance to get to watch it. You know, one of the guys is speaking and obviously is hooked up into the, this microphone, which is then transmitted to speakers that pretty much surround the whole forest. And somewhere in the scene, they sacrifice something that resembles some sort of dummy. And, you know, there's a lot of speculation about what that actually is. I know I, I keep on talking about this guy, Alex Jones. And for those who don't know Alex Jones, you know, he really is a character. Like, he, you know, you want to talk to someone about gov- government conspiracies? He is the guy. He is yep. the king of conspiracy BS that you could ever find. You know, look up the video of Alex Jones speaking and you kind of get a good idea of what I mean. For the longest time, Alex has been seen as some sort of wacky nut job who likes to create conspiracies out of nothing. But the minute this video hit, the public eyes, boom, you know, this went viral, viral and even more conspiracies started popping out. So, uh, Moses already mentioned a few of the conspiracies. One is, you know, world leaders plotting the world's destiny so-called war rooms where, you know, they manifested the Manhattan Project. They talked about the idea of 9-11. And not only that, but next leading presidents. What's weird is that there's three members there that, are, that I mentioned in the prior list. Reagan, Nixon, and Ford. They all happened right after each other. Yeah. In that photo that, that I mentioned that we'll post up in, in our Instagram or whatever, Reagan was at then the, the governor of California. Nixon was also there. Two years later, Nixon got elected. After Nixon got elected, you know, the whole thing yeah. with Watergate happened. Ford was his, Gerard Ford, which was, was another, another attendee, he was his vice, so he became, became president. president. After that, Reagan became president. Yeah. So all members of Whoa. Bohemian Grove and became president, including the Bushes. I don't know if, if the Bushes were members prior to the presidency, I couldn't find that, but, you know, still, regardless, that connection. Next, just like how Moses said as well, wild homosexual orgies that happen, prostitution, drag performances, yeah. and even Nixon himself exclaimed in, in an interview, it is, quote, 
the most fagging goddamn thing that you could ever imagine. <laughs> he said that in an interview. Really? And he even said himself, you know, I, 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 I visit the, the, the Bohemian Grove time to time. And then he goes, quote, the, fag, the most faggy goddamn thing you could ever imagine. Dude, like these, dude, there's like, you guys could go read and do all these, dude, there's tales of like high power CEOs just blow, just railing each other for hours and hours high on coke just jacking each other just dude it's it's literally an all guys club and that's one of the reasons why they wanted to have an all guys club and then wise when he was there for his two weeks he he overheard you know these high power people he's just like hey dude just whip it out what (laughs) come on whip it out it's like, dude, it's cold. No, whip it out. Come on, six inches. Whip it out. Like, <laughs> like keep conversations like that, dude. And then, of course, the owl symbolism. Not only the owl statue, but there's also symbolism from people who, you know, speculate conspiracies. The tiny owls in the right-hand corner oh, of the dollar bill. The dollar bill. Dollar, dollar bills, y'all. True. And on top of that, the satanic cults because of the rituals that happen and, you know, the sacrifices. The new one, reptilian race. The reptilian, yep. Apparently, you know, these these guys are reptilians. They're, they're notably known as the Sangarians that belong. They're a part of the fourth dimension that, you know, make up 3% yeah. of the world's population. They're interdimensional yeah, aliens. And, you know, like I talked about it in the last episode, in the All Things Aliens episode, the reptilians, how they basically, they're just here to make sure we're doing what we're supposed to do. They infiltrated every aspect of of government, of everything. Keeping us in that small little square. And then lastly, there is a model that goes around in the Bohemian Grove, which is weaving spiders come not here, which can mean many things, but people had tailored to two specific things. One, no one makes business in the Bohemian Grove. It's a party place and party place only. But obviously, that is We're welcome here to suck dick and suck dick only. True. And then two, no women. And those are the only two things. That well, obviously, you can't suck a girl's dick because, obviously. Unless they drag. Or trans. Or trans. But I'm pretty sure they're, they mean straight women, women. That is the Bohemian Grove. Isn't it nuts how, like, when you, when you first are like, how the fuck are people, like, how, like, it's preposterous when people, you know, when people mention one world government. Like, how the... F- it's impossible. And, and you know, it, like, it is. But then when you start hearing these stories about all these people being related and how they are related and how they have high government jobs, how they all meet up, you're like, maybe there is more to it than, you know, than, mm-hmm. you know, than meets the eye. And then on the other side of the, you know, the other side of the coin is people are like, dude, people love to talk. You cannot keep that conspiracy that fucking secret no matter how secret you think it is someone's eventually going to talk if you're trying to control the government you're trying to control the world somebody's going to know something and supposedly people have been speaking out about it and like i mentioned in our all things aliens episode well i don't know if i mentioned it the government invented the term conspiracy theory yeah it did like they invented the term conspiracy theory so they could so when people are talking shit about the government they would just be like oh shit like they're talking shit. It's just and they so they could debunk, so they could decredit people mm-hmm. when they're talking about them themselves. They invented the term conspiracy theorist. So in case shit hits the fan, let's just call yeah. it conspiracy theory. Yeah, let's just say it, it happened, but it didn't happen. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, that's it. Yeah, so you know, you guys heard it. 
we, we talked about the Illuminati, we talked about the Bohemian Grove, the 13 Bloodlines, and then I kind of wanted to end the episode with, because we mentioned the Freemasons a lot, right? Like, people... Who are these Yeah, people? like, you know, we mentioned the Freemasons uh, throughout the whole episode, and like I mentioned earlier, we all kind of assumed there was one, in, you know, there were each other. One in yeah, well, you know. And then I want to ask you guys a few questions. Do you guys know what Freemasons are? Well, besides today, just free thinkers. Yeah, yeah. Freemasons are basically just a bunch of dudes who like hanging out, mm. and it's true. There's every city has its own Freemason lodge. There's one on Bellflower. I passed through the other day. I was like, oh shit, it's, it's hidden too. It's behind the Seven Eleven. It's like close to Seven Eleven. And then, you know, there's a bunch of questions when it comes to the Freemasons and how do you become a Freemason? And according to the Freemasons website, in order to become a Freemason, it is necessary to meet a few requirements. One. You gotta be a dude. Yes. Right. So we're so we're good. Check. One, have a sound reputation. I'm I'm on wobbly legs already. I'm on wobbly legs. Have a sound reputation. Yeah, like you're not a piece of shit. You're not. You know, you're doing. You're not this. this <laughs> I'll, that. I'll throw that one. Not like piece of shit. like okay. I'm already on wobbly. Like <laughs> okay, I'm, I'll take that one. Like I'm on wobbly legs already. And then you know you have to be well recommended by your peers. People have to like you. So, Achi, you're out of the question. Fuck. True. I was going to say, they can like me. And yeah. Then, and then in most Freemason, and then most, and one of the, in most Freemason, Freemasonry jurisdictions, you kind of have to believe in a supreme being. Maybe not the actual God, like Christian God, but you have to believe in a, a higher power. And a higher power. Okay. And you're like, okay. How much? And you're like, okay, is that it? Well, no. If you want to join it, you have to pay. How much does it cost to be a mason? Better be five bucks. Fucking limb. Well, the application fee is usually between $100 and $250, depending okay. on what you want to join. If you want to join the Freemasons in Bellflower, it's closer to 100 bucks. Okay. But if you want to join to no the pitch. one in like Orange County, it's probably going to be closer to 250 Okay. You know what I mean? And then there's annual... Fees? Fees. How much are these? Probably? Not that much. 25 to 150 oh, bucks. Okay. It's manageable. Okay. And then the Masonic term for membership application is a petition. So you have to petition to join, you know, the fucking the Masons. And then you're like, okay, how do I join the Freemasons? Well, like I mentioned, you have to be a man. You have to be at least 21 years of age. And that's basically it. And the most of the, and the rest of the requirements basically go f- differ from lodge to lodge. Yeah. But you go like, oh, well, you know, and some people are like, all right, well, why the fuck do I want to, why do I want to be a Mason? Why do I, you know, why do people want to pay? 25, all these fees all and these shit. Fees. Like, why do you want to be a Mason? Because, mm. you know, above all, all men of all faiths, they're, they're welcome. It's just a dude's club. It's just like we're just hanging out. Mm-hmm. And it's basically like a, a secret union where they look out for each other. Mm-hmm. And that's basically what Freemasons are. That's, what, that, that's basically what they've been. You know, and then you could look up the history of the Freemasonry. They could put it up on their website. It's uh, msana.com, which is... Uh, the Masonic Service Association of North America, and they talk about the history of it. You know, it's a pretty cool website, mm-hmm. and they talk about the different titles and how the how, how Freemasons has been around for the longest times, and the titles change, but the the name of the title changed, but not the title itself. Like mm-hmm. for example, in the Middle Ages, there was some one the, the uh, uh, a small title was Worshipful Master, Worshipful Master, but the most current one is just called the President. And then when people mention the senior warden, they mean the first vice president. And then there's the junior warden, which is the second vice president. So basically titles change to accumulate times and stuff. But that's basically it with the Freemasons. It's just a boys club that just people like to hang out. And that is our 
Illuminati episode. Peace out. I'm going to go join the Bellflower female. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. Y'all better like me.